Before we get started with today's show, I want to tell you about another great ESPN podcast, The Mina Kimes Show featuring Lenny. Every Tuesday, Mina highlights the winners and losers from the weekend with Dominique Foxworth. Then later in the week, she's joined by different expert guests to look ahead to the next round. That's The Mina Kimes Show featuring Lenny. Listen where you are listening to this podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Right Time. My name is Bomani Jones. Thanks for listening wherever you get your podcast. Thanks for watching us on YouTube. Rate us, review us, give us five stars. You only give us four stars. I'm inclined to believe you are a hater. It is that time of week where we have a guest join us. Coming to us live from ESPN, Metal Arc Media, Howard Bryant. What's going on? What's up, Bo? Good morning. I got to say, man, I'm I'm doing my very best to be at high energy, but it's early. Dude, I'm, we're recording. <laughs> we're recording this in the nine o'clock hour on Wednesday, bro. I got to work at seven fifteen this morning for reasons I will discuss a little bit later. But let me tell you, getting to work at seven fifteen is the blues. But I tell you, this is something that you may find to be funny. Like we were uh, setting up a shot for something, right? And people brought some stuff in and brought some books to set up. And I was left with the, should we put the wretched of the earth on the desk? <laughs> and I was like, ah, you know. Yes. yes. And then I was like, ah, it's not in the shot anyway, but ah, I don't know. Let's just read a chapter and then go to work. <laughs> I cannot imagine. Like, if you saw somebody read the wretched of the earth on the subway and then just walking into the whitest office <laughs> in the world. That's the worst idea I've ever heard exactly. in my life. What do you call that? I call that mood music. <laughs> like, there's all those, like, freshman 101 level like build a revolutionary books that come that a lot of people roll their eyes at you for but once you say the rest of the earth people are like oh you bowed it oh you exactly it's like oh um let's give him a wide berth <laughs> you remember that time that naomi osaka did the most ironic thing ever took a picture while sitting by the pool reading the wretched of the earth we call we call that um unaware <laughs> hey look she like this is where i was she, she found a revolution where she found it she just exactly. happened to be at the pool reading the wretched of the earth you know what are you reading live at the four seasons in dubai <laughs> right <laughs> man we got a lot to talk about with the people uh we might get into a little bit about what's going on with tony dungy um, we had another thing we said we was going to talk about that I forgot about. We'll get to that. Uh, but we got the NFL playoffs here. We've got the final four and Howard, I think you and I were in a very similar place where I was not rooting against the Buffalo bills, but I do have to say it was getting a little awkward with them figuring out how to keep showing you that DeMar Hamlin was alive. Like we know that that's, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we get it. He good. Oh, he could come to games. That's cool. We got you. We got you. Yeah, it it was that and more. It was one, it was the, uh, and there's a lot happening. There's a lot happening, but I thought that the very first thing was there is the, it be, when it when it becomes a narrative, it it makes you really uncomfortable. Things have been really uncomfortable the past, you know, three weeks in the NFL. And and I think it's the mar it's the marketing of it. It's It's the, in some ways they were damned if they did and damned if they didn't. But I think they just went way over the top on this. And 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 during the, you know, during the Cincinnati game, they showed, you know, DeMar Hamlin up in the skybox and, you know, makes the heart. And Jim Nance says, and I quote, what a beautiful, triumphant story. 
that galvanized an entire nation. Were we watching the same thing? <laughs> I mean, this was not a beautiful, triumphant story. It it was a nightmare. It was a close call. It was a it was, really it was, close call. It, it, it was like the equivalent of a near miss. I don't know what the other word after near would be, but that's what it was. That's, that's right. You know, you had a guy literally die on your field. How is that beautiful and triumphant? I mean, is everyone grateful that he's alive? 1,000%. But the way that this got taken and, and molded and manipulated and, and, and marketed and, and exploited, it felt really uncomfortable. Well, this is something that, and I want to you know, get back to that particular part of it, but this is something that has struck me, and I was curious if it hit you the same way. ESPN has an acclaimed reporter named Don Van Natta. Don Van Natta, I believe, has two Pulitzer Prizes. Yes, he does. He wrote a very thorough story for a little website called ESPN.com that made it pretty clear that everything the NFL said about we weren't going to start the game back was false. That's right. Right. Every single bit of it, including what I thought was a very important quote from Joe Buck, where Joe Buck said four different times he said that they'll start the game after five minutes once they get this all cleared out. And Joe Buck said, if the NFL thought that I was wrong, they would have called and told me, right? That was something I had never really thought about is that Joe Buck is doing these games and there is a red phone right next to him straight to Park Avenue to let them know anytime they get anything wrong or something to that effect, right? Nobody called at any point. The NFL was like, we never told them that the game was going, was, was going to keep going because you ain't ever have to tell them but it was laid out in great detail how that shook out. And there is no evidence that the NFL was going to shut that game down. They were going to keep going. And I've never blamed them for it because they never stopped games. That's like, like where it's a biblical flood outside two by two. Yeah, they're going to try to deliver the mail. That's what they do. <laughs> Rain, sleet, snow, hail, right? None of that. We ain't starting a single bit of it. And so that part went. And then I just remember that week that when we finally found out that he woke up and said, did we win? Everybody in our business was like, ooh, ooh. Now, now I can get back to talking about EPA. That's right. And all the other stuff and get all that out there. And so now Buffalo's gone, so they don't have to keep showing the box. They couldn't even get a good camera shot during that game because it was snow globing out there. No doubt. And and I think that that was the, the, the other piece of this, which was sort of fascinating to me, was – the reaction, and I, I just don't, I mean, obviously this has to be the, it's just the fandom. It is the, the well, one, people are contrary anyway. They just want to uh, isolate everything because it allows you to live ahistorically. If everything is an isolated incident, there is no precedent to anything. And for people to say, that this was a you know remarkable, beautiful, triumphant story. And I'm like, let's not forget that this was also uh, reinforcing a lot of people who think that sport shouldn't exist. And the number of people, and there are people that I, I really have a great deal of respect for who have treated this like it was an isolated incident, when it's actually an accumulation. It's the greatest piece of evidence that this 
this sport is an incredibly dangerous sport. I mean, it's a death sport, right? I mean, and, th and that's the piece of it that just sort of gets me where it's like, well, how can you say that this, this could have happened playing lacrosse? This could have happened when he was driving. It's not the actual incident. That's the point. The point is, is your point, Bomani, which is you had every intention of continuing because that's because you always continue. You continue because this is the game. Anybody who watches the NFL knows there's an injured 49er on the field and then they come back to and they keep playing because that's what they do. That's how it works. And if you're and if you're looking at this injury as well, so this is going to be the thing that makes you say you're anti-football? No, it's the accumulation of it all. It's the injury to a 24-year-old, it's the it's the suicidal thoughts to a 32-year-old. It's the, you know, it's the low life expectancy of a 58-year-old. It's all of the above. And to take that and sort of massage it into this was this was a a, a positive. This was the one of you the one who called me Monday. I wasn't even watching the game. I think a guy died on the field. <laughs> you know? And I was like, what? I just walked in the door from dinner. You're like, no, no, no. I think a guy just died on the field. I mean, if yeah. that doesn't stop you in your tracks, nothing will stop you in your tracks. Yeah. Like the thing I think where people start like referring to it with words like isolated, it was definitely not on the bingo card. Right. But the reason is a bingo card only has 24 squares. Right. <laughs> we had we had we had filled up the card with the other 24 things, plus the free one in the middle. But That's we right. filled we up the card. just say death. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> we, had, we had filled up the card with all. Actually, that's the problem with all these other ones. They're straight bingo. Like as soon as you hit them, it's like it's like you activate. You hit one page and it activate the whole thing. We didn't have this one on there. Like this was not a thing. And we talked to all the former players and they think about all the ways they thought they might have died or anything that could have gone wrong. That one wasn't on the list. It just wasn't there. Um, and that to me is just maybe as wild as anything else that is that that happened along with it is just it just didn't feel like something that could possibly happen spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training just in time for summer and warmer days i've been in the gym a little bit trying to get my fitness in check so i can break these skinny allegations i keep getting and spring is the best time of the year to take a new look at your fitness routine dial it up a notch and continue powering off Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row, or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. Peloton's varying class lengths were designed with your training plan in mind. Personalize your workout. Whether you'd like to add a 10-minute core session at the end of your strength class or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance. Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals while challenging yourself at every level. Now you can catch up on your favorite NBA games with NBA League Pass while you push yourself to new levels of fitness. Watch your favorite games and win your workouts with NBA League Pass on Peloton and visit OnePeloton.com. Peloton all-access membership and NBA League Pass subscription required. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Did you see the numbers on the Dallas-San Francisco game? Let me let me guess. Um, historical, historically rival, rivalry game, San Francisco and Dallas. I'm going to think they were pretty high. Yeah, somebody got a raise off that. Somebody did. Like, somebody at Fox right now has to be like, man, if we could have got the Cowboys into a Super Bowl against Mahomes. Oh, it was 45.7 million people. Watch that mm-hmm. game. Yeah, I mean, and then in that game, in that game, you 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 know, you watch Tony Pollard get his ankle just roll. <laughs> what happened? I mean, it's just par for the course. And it's like... And it's and it's fine. I'm not a I'm I'm not a, a moralist about the sport. It's an incredibly dangerous sport. Everyone who's been watching the sport, we've been watching the sport for years, and it's not it's not that it's the it's it's the manipulation machine. It's the the, the marketing machine that just went into overdrive and didn't seem to pay very much attention to the flip side of how this sounded. It's like you guys sound terrible. Yeah, I mean they. You're trying to sell this game corporately, and that requires doing all this other stuff. Because a corporation can't just be out here and just be like, eh, f- it, them's the breaks, right? Like, that can't be the motto of your game, right? You have to make it seem, for lack of a better term, wholesome. And that yeah, leads and to all the whatever. other shit. Right, and so that leads to making all the football stuff that is cringe and uncomfortable, trying to make it into something that is actually noble. That's what they're doing. And it's wild. Like, I was thinking about this. How in the world would they be able to sell, like, 1970s football in this day and age? Like, when men were men. When going over the middle was a legitimate life hazard. Yeah, well, you sell it the same way you sell mixed martial arts today. You sell it through culture. You sell it through where... You sell it through this is the space where you get to be a real man. You know, I was having this conversation with somebody during... Um, one of the games earlier in the season, and I was saying, think about this. We are a heavily mechanized society. We are now talking about AI doing college papers for us, right? We are talking about, you know, lower workforces, and we're talking about having compassion, and we're talking about civilized societies acting civilly. Where do you actually get to beat somebody's ass in today's culture? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, seriously, like, where do you actually get to be physical? And I think that's the reason why you have this cop fetishizing. That's the reason why you have the military fetishizing. That's the reason why you have the football fetishizing and the rise in, you know, mixed martial arts and some of these blood sports, because it is a response. It's a response to the the amount of safety measures that we've put in and the amount and the and the way that the culture is trying to be um more understanding less physical less with less machismo all of those different things each thing is going to produce a response and so this response is more 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 football you know where are the places where you can go and actually be physical and uh, you know, it, it, it certainly, you know, not being, you know, name another occupation that is a blue collar physical um, occupation where you actually get a raise. Those jobs are being wiped out in this culture. And that, that and with that, yeah, go ahead. 
No, that you're landing. I, I didn't want to interrupt you because that it, that is an interesting point. That so we're seeing that these these youngsters they don't really do sports like that, right? And the leagues are clamoring and trying to figure out how to retain that audience because they're not really into sports like that. And we're seeing the television ratings for the NBA and these other sports, the problems that they have with those. We and your Pro Bowl he- is flag football. Yeah, and we ne- but we never hear about any of those problems with the NFL at this point right like those numbers still go up I don't know maybe they're struggling with young people too I haven't seen the evidence of this but when you think about that in terms of the machismo stuff it would make sense like did you uh did you see the doc that HBO did I think Bill Simmons executive producer of it about Woodstock 99 yeah and what I thought was a very interesting point that they were making about just what a toxic situation that turned out to be. And the issue, of course, was dudes, right? It was dudes. And it was bro it culture was just, going wild. Right. But it was, well, it was bro culture going wild, but something I thought that they were too kind about, right? Like they separated DMX from it. They mm-hmm. somehow added Rage Against the Machine to it, but they separated DMX from it. It was, and I think the difference was, with DMX and even to a degree Rage Against the Machine, there's an explanation behind the anger. But they really focused it on Limp Biscuit, which was just aimless anger, right? Mm-hmm. Just mad for no reason. Tear shit up just because you're mad. What you got to be mad at, no one ever actually explains that. And they talk about how all the behaviors and all the sexual assaults and everything was really just men run amok. And it was an interesting through line to where we are now and where the internet has gotten us with like all this incel stuff and everything else. But there's always this clinging to masculinity and so have you seen the stories about this gymnast at lsu the tiktok star i have not but i was going to add to this to, to the social media thing there's it's also a reason why you know when you hop on you know you hop on socials what do you get you get cat videos you get people dancing and you get people filming other people trying to beat the hell out of each right. other in public right some dude fighting at a gas station or an aisle four of the cvs yeah but let me tell you about this tiktok star her name is olivia something i can't remember what her last name is uh she goes by Livy. she has like six point something million followers on TikTok. And when they do stories about her, they show this picture of her and she's taking a selfie and she's making the duck face and the people are behind her. It's this wild dystopian, right? But it's become a problem at her gymnastics competitions because her fans are showing up. And it's those dudes, mm-hmm. right? And they're being demanding. Where's Livy? Livy needs to come out here, all this. And it was wild because I was thinking about it. When you tell me somebody got 6.6 million followers on a social media platform, I'm assuming that most of those followers are teenage girls. Because when you think about the people that have, the, like young people in particular who have those massive followings, the teen idol game is always about teenage girls, right? Like the right. internet has created teen idols for dudes. But the problem is those dudes are the worst. And they like the people around these gymnastics competitions have been saying how unsafe it feels. And Livy has had to come out and ask the people to behave out of respect for the other competitors. But this is not the front row of a Backstreet Boys concert where it's just girls screaming and just losing their minds. These are dudes and they demand and they want, yeah, they want. And all, you know, they want all of this, right? Like this culture of this particular form of masculinity is obviously proven to be problematic. And I know that there's some of you who roll your eyes at the idea of toxic masculinity, but I'm talking about these dudes that really can't find, they, the most toxic form of masculinity is the one that comes from the outside. And I think that no matter what you think about it, you would have to agree with that point. And these cats can't find manhood within themselves. They feel like that manhood comes through women and they feel like this manhood comes 
through acts of violence, right? And football becomes the act of violence. And so as much as it was a few years ago that people like me were certainly like, look, man, at some point Rome is going to fall, right? Like they're, they're little chips away at your credibility and everything else. And then you realize fundamentally it gets back to where you started. This is the place that is most mainstream that men can be men. Well, and what did Troy Aikman say? Now on the, he starts the season going, it's time to take the dresses off and finishes the season with a guy dying on the field. Yeah. And but it's how it is. I mean, and 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 if you watch the sport, I mean, and and I don't like I said, I, I I'm always conflicted with this or by this because if this is going to be your sport, you do have a right to complain about some of these ridiculous penalties and the rest of it. It's like you can't. How do you split that in half? Right. Right. I mean, we've talked about, OK, maybe it's time to go back to the future and play without helmets. So you'll realize your mortality. You ain't going in with your head if you don't have if you don't have some high tech helmet on. And that might calm your ass down to not spear somebody or not, you know, finish off a finish off a run with your head, you know, as a battering ram. I don't know. But then again, the reason why they put helmets on in the first place, because guys were getting their eyes gouged out in the third quarter. So see, that actually raises the question because the face mask may be the problem. But you like that raises the question is there a Maybe you could just not gouge each other's eyes out. And they're like, nah, but gouging eyes (laughs) is fun. That's a good idea. Like like that. That is one thing about it. It was a different kind of man that was playing football back in the day, man. Them dudes was ruthless. And not only were they ruthless, they were Ivy Leaguers. That's where the sport started. <laughs> I mean, the sport, the the roots of the sport was to toughen up the upper class. Yeah, but this it wasn't is no dead quietly, or in jail sport. Yeah, this is quietly the safest football's ever been, and the quarterback position is the safest position on the field by far. By far, they do everything to make sure that that is going to be the case. Although Cam Newton, like, I don't know what you mean. <laughs> it ain't feel that safe. To, it ain't feel that safe to me. No, stay in the pocket, bro. I mean, <laughs> so there's that, and and I, you know, and what was also interesting too about it was then the transitioning into the sport, like watching the games and watching the games with this with this cloud over the entire sport because of what happened. You know, how do you clearly and uh, how do you respectfully transition? As my friends were doing this, I, I would love to find some project to create the back channel of text messaging against like, here's what's happening in the mainstream. And here's what people are actually saying across text messaging to each other. And one of the things that I was getting from a lot of fans and, you know, uh, you know, across the board was, man, I feel really bad for DeMar Hamlin. But if you're Cincinnati... You got hosed, right? I'm like, so how do you have these two <laughs> conversations? It's like, well, okay, now that we're going to resume, Cincinnati, they should have a one seed or they could have been a two seed. There's no reason why they should have been the three. And this, the, the road that they've had has been much more difficult. And this has been completely unfair. And I'm like, yeah, but how do you have that conversation when there's a guy who's currently, I think, in a coma? I mean, I don't work in that department. That's how you had that conversation. Exactly. I'm like, oh, <laughs> that, I'm, I'm, that, that's what people do. I'll work exactly. over there. I mean, I got so many messages from people going, wait a minute, when are, well, now that he's okay, when are we going to talk about how Cincinnati got, got got a raw deal here? I'm like, I don't think that's going to be, I said, there's only going to be one way that Cincinnati is going to be able to feel good about any of this. And that's just to ball out and just go win no matter what, because you can't win that 
right? Like, w what were they supposed to do? Yo, I'll be honest. I never bothered to look to find out the if thens on it because it didn't matter. It just didn't matter. Right? No exactly. Matter, it, no matter. But, no but, matter but, what, it was going to be a problem, and it didn't matter. But the fact of the point, the point of it, when we talk about the power of the sport and all of that, is the fact that it did matter. Those people were still playing out those scenarios, whether he lived or died. And I'm like, yep. And the Bengals were hot. The Bengals <laughs> were hot. They they couldn't even keep it to themselves. They were just like, oh no 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 no, you know. And and add to the fact that nobody thought, you know, that everyone thought they were a fluke last year anyway. And it was like it's just starting to royal. And 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 the number of people who had said to me, I was having dinner with someone, and I could hear there was a conversation. And then it spilled into our conversation. The, you know. Okay, this was, I don't want to use this term, but it really was sort of overkill. I'm like, maybe you want to use a different word, you know, but I, I, I got out of this thinking that people have a real, um, what's the best way to say it? You got some issues on this one, <laughs> right? You got some things you're going to have to reconcile with yourselves on this one. And obviously looking at the Cowboys and looking at the 49ers and looking at the postseason and the rest of it, it's, it, as I have said many, many times before, Bo, there are extremely lucrative, popular occupations out there that don't have credibility. Yeah. I mean, porn makes a lot of money. Yeah. And nobody calls it credible. It's just incredibly popular and makes a lot of money. Yeah, but the difference is porn is not depending on advertising. And what becomes interesting about the NFL is people will still advertise with their not credible product. Because normally the measure of your credibility is people's willingness to put the, attach their brands to yours. And their name to it, 100%. 100%. Yeah. And so it's not surprising that the Cowboys and the Niners did what they did because people... I mean, the brand, the brand loyalty or the brand attachment or the things that it reminds us of, you know, you can hearken back to, you know, Emmett Smith and Alvin Harper and Jerry Rice and you go back to Montana and Freddie Solomon and that's, you know, all of it, whatever, and Dwight Clark. And so it's, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things where we sit and watch. And I think the only thing that I really took out of this was the, the issue with football has always been football itself, but don't call this an isolated incident. Don't don't treat this like this was some massive overreaction to a one-time fluke injury, yeah. right? Let's not do that. That is completely disingenuous, and it's a it's it's a historical. Well, one of the more frustrating things in the discussion is really that. Something that is very obvious here, football is wild, dangerous, and the question is, like, when does it demonstrate itself to be too dangerous or what the level is for people? That turning into some sort of culture war, like, it's basically treated like attacks on football. It's weird. It's treated like they're attacks on white people, even though they ain't even really the ones playing no more. Well, and you know that's what the I mean? piece that, yeah. Yeah, that's the piece that really got to me because I was like, listen, here's another piece of this that, that I am considering while watching all of this, which is the the number of black bodies that are out there getting torn to shreds who don't even have a chance at being part of this $18 billion industry. If they weren't getting torn to shreds, the Josh McDaniels and the Zach Taylors of the world and the Sean McVeigh, they're not getting torn to shreds being part of this $18 billion industry. 
They're not the ones on the line. So when people say, why are you going to bring race into it? Because race is in the middle of it, of who gets to be part of this and at what price and at what cost. And come training camp next year, why would you think that DeMar Hamlin wouldn't try to be there? This is his piece of this industry. And there has to By be way, other pieces to it. Have you seen what's happened with coach salaries? And that's the other thing, is that when you also look at who gets to be part of this industry, for how long, at what rate, coaching, you know, is the most, you know, may very well be the most lucrative piece of the whole game that you don't get to look be man, a part of. Unless man, you're a quarterback. Sean Payton out here asking for $20 million a year plus. And you know why? Because that's what Belichick makes. Belichick and, makes $20 and, million and a year. that's what Belichick makes, although he's no Belichick. But that's what happens when Mark Davis gives oh. John Gruden 10 you're, years and $100 million. Right, right. But hold on, though. I, like, I want to get more into this because I don't think for some reason people don't talk about coach salaries like that anymore. Like when those contracts come, they get extensions, and nobody really talks about it. I don't think people know just how much these guys are making. Belichick's well, they making 20. I say, I say Belichick's making 20. Pete Carroll's making 15. Sean McVay's making 14. Mike Tomlin's making 12 and a half. Andy Reid is making 12. John Harbaugh is making 12. Josh is Daniels is making 10. Kyle Shanahan needs a new agent. He's made, They got the nerve to pay Mike Vrabel nine and a half million dollars a year. Well, like, and that explains, the, Bo, why the NFL earlier this year came out. Remember that story earlier? I think it was in December, essentially where the commissioner's office was admonishing the, the teams for firing these guys so quickly because, like, y'all got a lot of dead money on these books. If you're going right. to pay that much, you better live through those contracts. But it's so wild, though. They're willing to trick off that money on these coaches. They're willing to pay the money on dead coaches. Now, I also think that part of the thing with him and dead money on coaches is like, take, for example, the deal that David Tepper gave Matt Rule. I think that Tepper understood at every turn, once Matt Rule left, whenever that was, he was going to go to a college that would pay him enough money to offset what that salary was going to be. And maybe that's what they're betting on with a lot of these cats with these deals is that they're going to leave somewhere, they're going to go get another job, and then it'll be and offset. Somebody else is going so to offset it, it. Yeah, so it won't be that big a deal. But no, I th I think when nobody was really looking, Ron Rivera makes $8.5 million a year coaching that team. Like when nobody was looking, the market for that exploded. Well, and you cannot, you cannot decouple that from Nick Saban and the college coaching. Yep. And the Dabo Swinney contracts and all in the Kirby Smart contracts. And so when that happens, of course, rising tide raises all boats. Right. I mean, it, and, and, and that is the interesting piece of the sports economy that people don't really want to talk about. I say it on, on our side of the business. You know, you can't have million dollar journalists without 10 million dollar coaches and you can't have 10 million dollar coaches without 100 million dollar ballplayers. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Now, I want to stay on coaches, but switch gears a little bit. Have you heard that people want Tony Dungy to get fired for saying what Tony Dungy been saying for 25, 30 years? It's a, one of the things we were saying before you got on this morning was, isn't it fascinating how people think that if you don't raise your voice, you can't be a bad person? <laughs> and I'm not saying Tony Dungy's a bad person. I'm saying Tony Dungy's been saying bad things for a long time on this subject. And Tony Dungy has been consistent on this subject for a very long time and that just you know that the idea that that Tony Dungy is harmless because Tony Dungy is not you know a yeller and a screamer is once again it's the it's the the crazy optics that we place on people um yeah i can i believe it because he's you know and i don't even want to i hate using those different sort of culture war terms but you know, but at some point, it is very interesting to me that there's a certain level of conservative um, positioning that just allows to be that that's allowed to exist, and you're under complete scrutiny if you say or do anything that people may be considered. Um, I don't even want to say revolutionary because it's not revolutionary. It's whatever you want to say is, you know, take the Kaepernick situation or the, to the extreme. Like these things get the scrutiny that Tony Dungy doesn't get. And I get it because, yeah. you know, the NFL is a mainstream product. And I think what people, and I think the argument is going to be, well, that what Tony Dungy is saying, if you look at polls and statistics and everything else, you know, the people who sign the checks aren't really that offended by it. They're concerned responding to backlash. Yeah, and see, I have a theory about this, right? If Tony Dungy says something that's going to talk him out of his job, it's going to be about gay people. That's right. Like, like that's the place. It's not going to be about abortion. And this is my theory on this. And you let me know what you think. It doesn't really matter which side of the abortion game you're on or the abortion issue that you're on. There's going to be backlash no matter what you say. That's right. right? No matter where you are. So I'll give an example. Jim Harbaugh did that speech. You know, he's super duper Catholic. And he did the speech where he said how opposed he was to abortion. He didn't say abortion should be outlawed. He didn't say abortion should be criminalized. He said he didn't think that people should have abortions, which not something I agree with, but I don't find to be an inherently problematic stance, right? I think it's there's not. some logical flaws to it and everything else, right? But it's not flawed in that regard. You can get away with saying something that is, for lack of a better term in this discussion, pro-life or whatever it is. Tony Dungy takes it to the, to I guess we would call a relative extreme, like going to the Right to Life rally, which he does every year, by the way. This is his mm -hmm. bag. That's Freaknik for him, I guess. He goes every single year, and he does this, and he could be on what many of us would consider to be the fringe of this issue, 
But so many people are on the fringe of this issue that if you then punish Tony Dungy for something he says at the Right to Life rally, you're going to get a bigger backlash than you get for the fact that he said anything. And then it turns into just a whole bunch of noise. On that issue, that's the one where the controversial issue where you could probably get away with saying whatever it is that you want short of eugenics because nobody wants to get anywhere near it. No, it's 100%. I mean, you know, for example, I mean, it's exactly right. And I, and I think that the even the idea of calling it a fringe, it's not a fringe. The numbers are so enormous that these these are just simply conflicting positions. You know, it's right. not a fringe. I mean, it's not I mean, there's, there's no basis for that, but it's but it's extreme. And I think what it is too is that people I think the re, I think the reaction comes from how scrutinized other types of speech really is. And it's like, well, yes. why not this one? Well, because the people who signed the checks actually agree with this. And there's a lot of people who agree with this. And so, and, th- and that does really, it really does just come down to leverage. I've, you know, we, you and I have been talking about this for a decade. If, if you had, you know, 80% of the players were white, but 99% of the people who signed the checks were black, we wouldn't be having a Colin Kaepernick issue. Just labor. I don't know. It would just all. De- it would just all depend on who them ninety nine percent of black people is. Well, true, and also who's watching the game. Who are we? Yeah. Who are we selling this product to? You know, I mean, that's really what it's all about. Who are we selling this product to? And if we're selling to, if we're selling the product to people who aren't going to like what happens, we gonna have a problem. If we're selling the product to people who are kind of being kind of cool with it, then we'll be able to escape, and they can always escape. Yeah, and I'm going to tell you this. I can't speak for you. We got all this to say about the NFL. I don't be lying, though. I'll be there on Sunday. I mean, not physically there, but I'll Well, that was the other thing, right? I'm sitting here going, here. how much of this? I mean, and for me, it's it's homework because it's the job. I mean, I don't really watch football for a lot of enjoyment, but it's a great sport. You know, it's an exciting sport. It's It's, you know, and you grow up with it here and you've been with it. And so that's why it's so that's why it's a conflict. You know, when yeah. and also like I remember you know, my mother used to watch football, right? And she used to say, I just like watching them brothers run, right? I just like watching she used to watch kickoff in, returns. In tight pants. In them in tight, tight in them tight pants, exactly, right? <laughs> and you know, I was sitting and we didn't even you know, and that was the that was that's been the interesting thing. It's like, okay, you've got this thing hanging over your sport. But at the same time, can we have a conversation about clock management? Right? I mean, can you do these two things at at the same time when you're watching the dolphins? The Black Power Dolphins, by the way, because I, you know, because they're black coach, Black Power Dolphins, and um, who clearly did not know how to run the clock, or the Dallas Cowboys, who once again, a blanket of this going, DL, this is two years in a row. Does Mike McCarthy not know how to run a two minute drill? Apparently not. And like, that's the job where you can't have that problem. It's the baseball like, like, equivalent like, of if you can't handle a bullpen, you can't have your job. Yeah, but my thing about it is, if you're going to be that guy, don't be that guy for the team that's on TV the most. <laughs> like, like, like that's, that's my personal recommendation. Like, don't do that. By the way, um, speaking of coaches, I don't know how familiar you are with Sam Pittman. Sam Pittman, the head coach at Arkansas. 
and he just seemed like the regularest white Arkansas white man that you could ever imagine. Like, I think he built a statue, like a Wu-Pig Suey sort of statue at his house. Like, he that kind of white man. But I think both I, I, he's got two defensive coordinators and offensive coordinator. And I know that both defensive coordinators are black. And I believe the offensive coordinator is going to be black, too, in Arkansas. And I'm like, God, please go eight and four at least. Please do. Please, please, please. You Nine and three better get ten games. Yeah, nine and three if you can. Like it's Arkansas, we can only ask for so much. But please do it. I'm like, yo, that's a move right there, dog. That's a move Way to right go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm noticing it's these regular degular white folks that be coming through like that. Dan Campbell, he did the same thing up there in Detroit, though. I don't know if Aaron Glenn's gonna survive the season because then the kind of the experiment may fall apart because they already fired the black offensive coordinator. But still, shout out to you, Sam Pittman. I wanted you to be the coach at Texas. And 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 what's gonna happen down in Tampa Bay? So, the Leftwich thing is interesting. Should have took that job when the job was there to be taken because I don't think the chance is ever going to come for him again. But what I found interesting about it was it ain't just that Bowles fired Byron Leftwich. Yeah. He fired all of them. Mm-hmm. Like, he cleaned, and their offense had problems, but they cleared out the entire staff. Like, it's hard for me to isolate the Leftwich thing just because of that. They cleared everybody out, and now Tampa Bay is in a situation that would terrify me, which is Todd Bowles hiring an entire offensive coaching staff. I That's was say, whether or not said, Tom Brady comes back or not. Well, when I said this, the Tampa situation, I was actually talking about the coach. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he got it, man. Not everybody does. Not everyone does. And especially in that sport, like when you and I have had these conversations before about what, you know, what sports require the most coaching and like the difference between guy A and guy B. Right. And in, and, and in that sport, if you can't get people to do, if you don't have a vision, you know, you, you can, you can see the, I, I think you can see the difference the coaching difference in football more obviously than any other sport. It's in little things. It's mm-hmm. all in little things. Yep. Like now that I run a TV show, I understand it in a different way. Little things is everything. And that's the thing. When, when you look at a team and you like whether or not this team is or isn't well coached, turnovers, penalties. Turnovers, penalties. It's, those, it's that stuff. It's little things. Well, that's the whole damn sport anyway, right? I mean, if you – if, if, if you wanted to break down football in three words, injuries, penalties, turnovers. Yep. And that's the whole game right there. And you can tell. And the Dallas Cowboys have always been one of the most penalizing. And they actually had a really good defense this year. Mm-hmm. They were actually a very good football team this year and still ended up in the same spot. Yeah. Like, I was listening to Marcus Spears talk about it. I think they got a Kellen Moore problem that doesn't get discussed enough. Like, he was boy one. And Kellen Moore's about to, he's about to cash in on your coaching thing. Yeah, hey, hey, and that might be the best thing that could happen for the Cowboys, to be honest. Like, Dak, like I said before this week, I think Dak is a good to very good quarterback, but he ain't a jump on my back, boys, quarterback. He's not, he's not that guy. It's never going to be that. But uh, I say this, I guess I'll probably talk more about this with Fosworth tomorrow, but. We, we might get two black quarterbacks in the Super Bowl. Might you might. Happen. Like, when you think about it, through all this time, unless I'm forgetting somebody, we've still only had three black quarterbacks win a Super Bowl. And that's – and that is three times what it had been for the past, what, 30 years? 
Yeah, uh, 40, because I, I mean, 35, yeah, because Doug won it in January of 88. Then it was Russell Wilson and then Patrick Mahomes, and then Mahomes. a.k.a. Jordan. Jordan, I've been, I've probably talked about this with Dominique too, been fighting people on the internet, keep trying to explain to me why Patrick Mahomes really ain't that good. And I'm just like, how were you raised? How are you I, raised? I just can't understand. I was sitting up and watching TV and listening to them try to tell me that Joe Burrow was better than Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, you can't do that. Like, all I could do is go like this. Yeah, but right do you here, know that, what you're that, watching? Yeah, well, I mean, the guy who's saying that, yeah, I mean, I would hope in those eight years in the NFL he'd figure something out. Like, it's just, it, it no, this is, no, no, no. I had something else I was going to ask. Oh, did you happen to watch Game Theory on Friday or somewhere around there? Why are you putting me on the spot? You know it's, it's, it's coming. I've not gotten there yet. It's all good. I, no, because if you had, I was going to ask you about a particular part of it, but you hadn't. But it's cool. But how <laughs> Brian is going to watch Game Theory, and therefore you should watch Game Theory Fridays at 11 p.m. Eastern Time on HBO, immediately following Real Time with Bill Maher. Also for the people, if you did not know this, on Tuesday going into Wednesday, I was on Late Night with Seth Myers on the NBC network. I went down to 30 Rock and everything. Uh, you know, so just tell how people was they go check that out. It was really good. It was it. What I did not realize until I got there was that um, my sister had done the show five years ago. I thought that this would be a big family milestone. Incorrect. They're like, oh, you second. Just is. Just coming in second. <laughs> it happens. But no, no, no. That was cool. Um, like all of this, man. We 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 really. I feel like. I feel like we leveled up on what the show was from last season. I feel like we got a good start on that. And this week, I can. I can. I feel like I can tell y'all this because they put out a press release about this. But y'all gonna have to take that. What about Brett Favre to somebody else after this week? Because we gonna talk. Now about that it. I'm looking forward to as well. It's a hoot. It's 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 quite a hoot. It's gonna. I will say is it gonna week. make Mike Shashevsky say, "I'm off the hook"? No, no, no. Well, kinda. I was giving Shashevsky props. He ain't realize it. I was yeah. I was giving him and his merry band of Caucasians some props. They just ain't want to take credit for it. They didn't me. want to take them props. That's all. Exactly. No, no, they ain't want no part of that. Baby, they want no credit. I don't understand what the issue was um, with them. But uh, how, how's the book work coming? Other than going to bed at 6 o'clock at night? Uh, 6 o'clock in the morning because I write overnight? Yeah, it's good. It's good. It's, a, it's, it, it's some serious material. Let's put it that way. It's it's you it's live like a college I mean, and the more things change, the more things stay the same. But my goodness, um, it has been very interesting reading how quickly I mean, how deeply black people in this country want to be American and want mm. and want. And it's like Lucy in the football. Right. We will do everything we can to prove that. We can be trusted, that we're loyal, that we belong. And then we go to kick the football and end up like Charlie Brown. <laughs> I mean, uh, Sugar Ray Robinson day. selling out Paul Robeson was something. Yeah, that's unfortunate. I want to ask one last thing before we get out of here, because, you know, I guess I get more of this Dominique too, but I still want to get your thought. This Ed Reed thing. Oh. I feel like nobody looks nobody looks good. Everybody looks ridiculous. Everybody looks terrible. Ed Reed, I mean, I don't 
one, we do like, I mean, why is the HBCU, why is it the punching bag, the administrative punching bag of these coaches? I mean, that that piece, it was just, the whole thing looked incredibly unprofessional to me. If you're Ed Reed, yeah, you're going to be a coach. Ed Reed, Ed Reed was, that, that video looked like he was trying to get everybody like motivated for the AFC title game. I was like, it's a different skill set, man. It's a totally different yeah. skill set. Like anybody that was like, we want Ed Reed to get his job back. No, he made it very clear he did not need to be the the coach of no nobody's head coach. There's there's certain ways you got to do it, and he can't. Can't. He still thinks it's third and nine. <laughs> like he is all like yeah he's he is all motivation. Like that is exactly what it is. He go he go get it all done like that, and I'm just like, hey man, you got on Instagram live and trash your bosses before you even had the job. <laughs> only black people, only black people would be expected to put up with that. Like, that's, that's the right. thing that people don't seem to like. And I, I said this on Twitter and I mean, this is so wild that like I've, I haven't even really been hard on it. But people will stand. These star will stand up for one of these black dudes over a whole black institution and then call me to sell out. That's right. Right. And that's the thing that got me about that is that dude is clearly shown that he doesn't have the temperament for what is in effect a corporate job. Right. He it's a it's a that. white collar job. It's a management job, and yep. you don't and get to he, act like that. No, you don't. It's simple as that. You don't get to act like that. Now, do they need to fix a whole bunch of other stuff? Absolutely. Does the school have big problems? Absolutely. Do any of the people talking to me about how messed up the school is give a damn about it? Not a one. Not a one. Not a they single care about it. one it's of them. A celebrity story. And then yep. and we're not then, talking about Dion's, but but we're not talking about Deion Sanders this time. We're talking about Ed Reed. And I know that Ed Reed even probably has he has lower dislike ratings than Dion does, right? He's Ed Reed. Who doesn't like Ed Reed? But we're still talking about Ed Reed here. And look, there's big problems, like I say, that apply to so many different people. But I don't think people understand how thirsty they are to trash black colleges. That's the, the and that's the point. It's like, what is the end game to all of these conversations? The end game, if you're really telling the truth, is to trash the black college. That's what you're actually in it for. Are you in it to support Ed Reed? Or are you in it to actually trash Bethune-Cookman? You're actually in it to trash Bethune-Cookman. That's what you're really right. doing. And with, without actually having any beef with Bethune-Cookman. That's right. Which then raises the question, oh, you just be dogging out black folks. That's right. In other words, it all comes back to the same thing. You here to trash us. Because that's because yep. that's the only piece of it you know. In a lot of ways, it's right. no it's no different. It's the actual opposite of you know, of the whole of all the Kaepernick stuff, which was what do you know about the issue he's talking about? Nothing. You just want to support cops. It's okay. Mm -hmm. But that because but you know, or you want to support the American flag, whatever it is, you are in it for your reasons. Look, you know, they was asked. They was asking me when I was doing CNN. Oh, you, them white people had you up here to trash Dion. Yeah, because they were trashing Jackson State. That's right. They didn't. They didn't need help to do that part, right? Like I went on TV to stick up for a whole city, and the thoughts that they had behind this whole thing, and I become the sellout. And I'm like, oh, you guys don't really understand what this is, do you? Like you don't really see the game that is being played here. 
cats you know. like Ed Reed and Dion are being treated like they own like 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 that's they're the Pied Washington. It ain't yeah, it ain't do boy. You know what I'm saying? Like they the ones they, they the ones telling the hard truths to their people. That's like that right. that's what they that's what those folks are. And when have you ever been able to trust that person? Well, and that's why CNN called. It's like because it's like, oh, you know, there's a once again, if there's a way to trash, let's trash. And and my recommendation was, okay, look at the history of funding of HBCUs in the first place. Just take sports out of it. How did these institutions come to be? They were always underfunded. Yeah. And they were always, it was always treated as benevolence in the first place to keep us away from them. Right. And the part that people I don't think talk about is because there's questions to ask about like the behaviors of the board at, at Bethune and these other places. But an underfunded place is the easiest one to steal from. That's right. Right. Like that's the and, and it leads to a mentality, a scarcity mentality where people are just trying to get theirs, especially in a world where academics think they're supposed to get rich. But that's a whole uh, different discussion. All right. We're banging up on the time here. That is Howard Bryant. Check him out at Metal Arc Media. Check him out at ESPN. One day he's going to put this book out that he is working on right now. But in the meantime, you can read one of his 27 other ones. <laughs> I appreciate you, sir. All right, man. Be good. All right. Thank you, man. And ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for joining us here on The Right Time. We do this three times a week. Parker Owens, Idy Khan, and Dan Stancic handling everything behind the scenes. Thank you, gentlemen. Uh, remember, follow The Right Time. Rate us. Review us. Give us five stars. You only give us four stars. I'm inclined to believe you are a hater. And we'll talk to you guys in a couple of days. Take it easy. Thanks for checking out The Right Time with Bomani Jones Podcast. You can listen or follow on the ESPN app or wherever you listen to podcasts. The Right Time with Bomani Jones.